Let me just eliminate all of the white noise for They're you. They're counting on you not understanding what this is all about. They want to create conflict. They want to create this chaos. They want you to be stupid. This is the Conservative Daily Podcast with Joe Waldman. Yeah, I'm a threat because I'm telling you what the Constitution says. And Max McGuire. The flak is the heaviest when the bomber is right above the target about to open the bomb bay doors. And now the Conservative Daily Podcast is on the air. Welcome back to another edition of the Conservative Daily Podcast. My name is Max McGuire. Going to jump right into it. Lots to go over today. Afghanistan, Afghanistan, Afghanistan. Listen, this is the first time I think we've ever had a president whose White House has admitted that they do not have a plan to save Americans trapped in Afghanistan. We've been comparing this to Saigon. We've been comparing this to Saigon, the fall of Saigon. The key difference between what's going on in Kabul and Saigon is in Saigon, they got everyone out. They kept sending helicopters back and forth until they got all the American people out. Joe Biden doesn't have a plan to do that. And we will play not one, but two clips from different people in the administration admitting that they do not have a plan to do that. And yet Joe Biden simultaneously says that he he still supports his decision to do this the way he did it. So withdrawing without a plan, he said he supports it. He'd do it again the same exact way if he had to. Meanwhile, the American government does not have a plan to get them out of the country. So <laughs> those are the two competing narratives coming out of the Biden White House. That Yes, we're doing everything perfectly. And oh, by the way, Americans, you're probably just going to have to learn to live under Taliban rule. Hope, uh, Ladies, I hope you like covering your heads covering your faces because uh, we don't have a plan to get you out. So hit that share button. If you're watching on Facebook, give us a thumbs up, comment, DLive, comment, comment, comment. Help us get to the front page, conservative-daily.com. We're live there as well, as well as Twitch and as well as Clout Hub. So you can check us out all there. And make sure you go through the links in our description. Bookmark all of those different places. Sometimes one goes down. Sometimes another one goes down. Um, make sure you know all of them. And if you haven't already, subscribe to our text alerts. Text the word freedom to 89517. You'll get a text alert that goes out right before or just as we go live with the links for that day's episodes where you can watch them live. So <clears throat> before we get into the disaster that is Joe Biden and everything associated with him, Donald Trump gave an interview last night, an interview on Fox News. And when they were, when they were promoting that interview, I was like, oh, I really hope that Donald Trump doesn't just call in. He likes to call in. He likes to call into shows and just and just do it over the phone. But I said, you know what? We really need someone. I wish we had a president who would do this. But we really need a president to step forward and actually talk to the American people and explain what's going on. Joe Biden won't. It's been six days since he's answered any question from the press. He's hiding. Donald Trump, thank goodness, went on Hannity. And it wasn't a phone interview. It was a television interview. He looked good. He also looked pissed. So we're going to play a couple of clips of that. I'm not going to play the whole interview. You can go back and watch the whole interview. It's available online. If you haven't already, I highly suggest you do that after our show, not during, after. A couple times I've recommended that people go watch something and all of a sudden I see the number of people watching us live drop by like 50. I'm like, oh, I just told people to leave. So watch it afterwards, but we're going to play a couple of clips. This is the one that's making the rounds the most today. This is Trump just going off on Joe Biden. Let's play cut number one. 
is. I thought it would maybe run through bureaucracy. It doesn't. You need somebody up there that they're going to respect. So when they say, oh, he talked to the Taliban, you remember they were criticizing me. They criticized me when I talked to Kim Jong-un. Well, President Biden told me it's the single biggest problem we have. I said, have you ever called him? Have you ever talked to him? No, I haven't. He did try, but he was not, it was not receptive on the other side. But it was receptive with me, with me. Now, we were supposed to have a war and probably a very big nuclear war. I get along with him great, and I got along with him great. He doesn't like Biden much, I'll tell you that. But I got along with him great. And we had no problems. You remember that. It was, we were virtually, was remember the big button versus the little button and the whole thing. Let me just, we get along great. We had a very good relationship. We met, we got no credit for that one. No problem. By the way, South Korea, I got them to pay billions of dollars, billions. We're protecting South Korea. They're very wealthy. They built the ships, they built the televisions, they built, they do everything. They're very rich. They were paying us nothing. I got them to pay billions and billions of dollars because we're protecting them from North Korea. And I had a very good relationship with President Moon and all of the people in South Korea. In fact, they, they liked me and I liked them. But I said, why are we doing this for nothing? Why are we doing this for nothing? So that's him going off on Joe Biden a bit. And he mentions that the media was going after him for talking with Kim Jong-un, for talking with the Taliban. A really interesting part of the interview last night was when he explained what he had talked to Taliban leaders about. I don't want to bury the lead. He threatened that he would bomb their ancestral villages if they dared do anything against the United States, our people, or our interests. Really, let's play cut number two. Taliban. And we had a very strong conversation. I told him up front, I said, look, before we start, let me just tell you right now that if anything bad happens to Americans or anybody else, or if you ever come over to our land, we will hit you with a force that no country has ever been hit with before, a force so great that you won't even believe it. And your village, and we know where it is, and I named it, uh, will be the first well, one. Mr. The first President, bomb I want to interrupt. Dropped right there. You said this to who? Yeah. Who did you, you said to, that, to who? To Mullah Baradar, who is probably the top person. Now, nobody really knows who the top person is, but I would say that's probably the top person. And it seems to be, uh, that's the way it's rolling right now. But I had a very strong conversation. I also had a good conversation with him. We talked for a while after that. That was the primary point I was making. And he understood it. Then I asked him, do you understand? He said, yes, I do understand. And I wanted them to get a deal done with uh, the Afghan government. Now, I never had a lot of confidence, frankly, in Ghani. I said that openly and plainly. I thought he was a total crook. I thought he got away with murder. He spent all his time whining and dining uh, our senators. I mean, the senators were in his pocket. That was one of the problems that we had. But I never liked him. And I guess based on his escape with cash, I don't know, maybe that's a true story. I would suspect it is. All you have to do is look at his lifestyle, study his houses. where. He so let's get this out of the way right there. What Donald Trump was recommending technically probably would have been a war crime to bomb a village that one of the terrorists grew up in where his family is probably would be a war crime. But this is what Donald Trump 
mastered during his presidency. In political theory, it's called madman theory. It's when you go to the negotiating table, you want the other side to think you're actually crazy. It's what Ronald Reagan did to perfection against the USSR. Ronald Reagan was a very poised man. He wasn't crazy, but they thought he was some wild cowboy, some gunslinger who's going to shoot first, ask questions, questions later. Donald Trump wanted to do the same thing. He did it with all the other adversaries around the world. And they feared him because he was so unpredictable. Now, the mainstream media didn't pick up on that. And all we had all those interviews with all those political science experts, professors. I don't, th- I don't remember one of them where they would try and calm down the MSNBC host or the or the CNN host and explain what Trump was doing. No, they they played into it. They bought into it, too, which might just show just how just how well Donald Trump played the part. But that is Donald Trump admitting that when he was talking with the Taliban, he named their ancestral villages by name, by name, and said, if you if you break this deal, if you kill Americans, he was going to level them with a force never before seen on this earth. Does that mean thermonuclear weapons? I don't know. I don't remember. This is the only president ever to drop the Moab, the mother of all bombs, the largest non-nuclear bomb in the United States arsenal. And he dropped it in Afghanistan. So, I mean, <laughs> you went from that to Joe Biden pulling all of the troops out before he'd even evacuate the Americans. I mean, <clears throat> it's one thing to have a covered retreat. It's one thing to have a tactical retreat. Right? But you're supposed to make sure all the defenseless people are out before the troops are out. The troops are supposed to protect the retreat. Instead, you had Joe Biden pull all the troops out, leave. Now we're hearing upwards of 40,000 Americans, not 10, upwards of 40,000 Americans in Kabul and surrounding areas of Afghanistan. They have no pathway to the airport. There's no plan to evacuate them. And as we'll see in a second, the White House has now admitted that not only do they have a plan, but they cannot guarantee that the troops will stay there to get everyone out. And there might, the Americans left behind might have to just, I guess, learn to live under Taliban rule? Whatever happened to no no American left behind? Whatever happened to that? I mean, that seems like the most basic concept. You don't leave people behind. And remember, Joe Biden says that he he's proud of how he withdrew from Afghanistan, and if he could do it again, he'd do it in the exact same way. Meanwhile, sorry, 40,000 Americans, just figure it out on your own. Pretty, pretty crazy. There was another clip of Trump. We'll play it now. It doesn't have to do with this, but I found it interesting. Trump finally getting to react to the Hunter Biden tape where he was doing his, what the media calls, pillow talk with the prostitute, admitting that he had been, he was likely about to be blackmailed by Russians. Trump, uh, Hannity asked Trump what would happen if his sons were in such a video. Let's play that reaction. Cut number four. If your sons were on video with smoking crack and with hookers, would the question not logically become, do you believe these countries have compromising materials, potentially, the very thing, you know, remember Adam Schiff, compromising materials uh, on Trump uh, when they didn't have it and he was being scammed, do you see any potential for compromise here? Because it doesn't make sense to me to give Putin a waiver. So this story, the tape, the new tape that just came out two days ago, has not been on any mainstream media at all. It was on your show and a couple of shows, but no mainstream. It wasn't on NBC or CBS or ABC. It wasn't on CNN. It wasn't on any. It's Hunter Biden. It's the worst thing I've seen. You can't even imagine this. Worst thing he's seen. And he's saying that in the context of the complete collapse of Afghanistan. Trump likes to to use superlatives. He likes to 
Um, use exaggerated language, but no, Hunter Biden, that tape is insane. And the fact that it hasn't still hasn't been played on mainstream media and that they've reduced it to pillow talk, really disgusting because it's it's quite literally talking about compromising blackmailable materials falling into enemy hands and being able to be used against the president's own family. Something that the left were talking about nonstop under Trump. Oh, he's compromised, compromised, compromised. Now that you actually have Hunter Biden on tape saying he's compromised, they don't want to they don't want to talk about that. Last last clip from Trump that I want to play is him actually explaining in his point of view why the Afghan military fell, why they fell so quickly. And this is something that we'll play we'll juxtapose it against Biden because it's really interesting when you see the two side by side. Trump is giving it to you straight. He's explained to you why the Afghan military fell. And Biden, lie after lie after lie after lie, thinks that they he's lying to us when he says that they can do the job. Biden knew that the Afghan military would crumble. He knew that they were paper soldiers. But he lied because he didn't want to confront the truth. Here's Trump explaining why the Afghan military fell. Spoiler alert, they're only in it for the money. Let's play cut number five. The military, it's holding it. You know, I got to reduce down to 2,500 soldiers and they were doing a good job it was fine it was a smaller force i took it down from close to 20 to 2500 and we were fine but we have the military there and we take the military out before we took our civilians out and before we took the interpreters and other we want to try and help but by the way i'm america first okay the americans come out first but we're also going to help people that helped us and we have to be very careful with the vetting because you have some rough people in there, but we're going to help those people. But can you imagine? Now, what we were going to do just very quickly is we were going to take the military out last, okay, last. The people were coming out. They were going to come out. But the agreement was violated, so I held things back because we weren't going to do anything, again, conditions-based. So well, they weren't we'll, we'll fulfilling their obligations and conditions. But here's just to finish. The people come out first. Then I was going to take all of the military equipment. We have billions and billions of dollars worth of new Black Hawk helicopters, brand new, that Russia now will be examining. And so will China and so will everybody else to figure it because it's the greatest in the world. We have brand new army tanks and all sorts of equipment, missiles. We have everything. I was going to take it out because I knew they weren't going to fight. Just one thing, and I have to say, and this is different from everyone else, I said, why are they fighting? Why are these Afghan soldiers fighting against the Taliban? And I was told some very bad information by a lot of different people. The fact is, they're among the highest paid soldiers in the world. They were doing it for a paycheck because once we stopped, once we left, they stopped fighting. So all of the people that talk about the bravery and everything, I say everybody's brave. But the fact is, our country was paying the Afghan soldiers a fortune. So we were sort of bribing them to fight. And that's not what it's all about. It's a great thing that we're getting out, but nobody has ever handled a withdrawal worse than Joe Biden. This is the greatest embarrassment, I believe, in the history of our country. The greatest embarrassment in the history of our country. He's absolutely right. Afghanistan, just like Iraq, does not have national cohesion they are it's a multi-nation national state i mean like we we, we understand that we're, we're they say we're a country of immigrants the united states is is that i don't want to get all sappy but it's the melting pot right but we're all americans we're all americans 
The problem is when you go through the Middle East after World War II, you had something after sorry after World War One, you had a document that was enacted called the Sykes Picot Agreement. Sykes Picot, Sykes British Picot was French. Not hard to to guess that. And what the Sykes Picot Agreement did is after World War One, it divvied up the Middle East and Southeast Asia into new countries, countries that prior to that agreement did not exist. They basically looked at the map and they decided to draw in countries. And what happened as a result was that they drew lines in between nations, national identity. If, if, if you think of a nation, not like a nation with borders, a nation is, is a people, it's a people. And the best uh, example would be the Indian nations, the Native American nations, they are a people, right? They are a nation living within the United States. But over in the Middle East, we literally drew lines in the middle of nations. You look at Iraq. Part of the reason that Iraq is so messed up is because you had Kurds literally split down the middle. Kurdish communities split down the middle between Turkey and Iraq. So all of a sudden, there's a national border in the middle of their nation. And the people that they, they identify with most are now a different country. They're a different nationality. Right. So that's what you had with Iraq. You had the Sunni, the Shia, the Kurds. They didn't want to be in a country. They'd be much happier if they were three different countries. But no, Sykes Pico Agreement draws those lines in the sand on the map, creates a country, and says, okay, now live with it. Same deal happened in Afghanistan. Same deal happened all over. So now we're trying to clean up the mess from this now hundred year old agreement. Afghanistan, the, the Afghan people are not a people. They are tribes. They are warlords. They do not have national cohesion. So yes, the military, in order to have a national, like a, a state military, they had to pay them. No one's signing up for the state military because they believe in the Afghan flag. No one is signing up for the state, the, the federal or whatever military, because they believe in the president. They were doing it for a paycheck. Trump's absolutely right. So like any other mercenary, what do you think happens when the people signing the checks are seen escaping on a plane with sacks full of money. If, if you're in it for the paycheck and the guy who's paying you just fled the country, are you going to fight? Of course not. Of course you won't. I mean, who would be stupid enough to do that? If you don't actually believe in the cause and you're just doing something for the money and your boss runs away and takes all the money with you, with him, then yeah, you, you put down your guns. You stop fighting. I mean, we, we have this notion of Afghanistan being a country. Afghanistan shouldn't be a country. It should be smaller countries. It should be. But that's up to them to decide. It's not up for us to impose it on them. They should decide it. We went in to, to disrupt the Taliban, defeat al-Qaeda. We accomplished that. And then we got into the business of nation building. Just like we did in Iraq. And we had the same problems. You cannot convince people who hate each other and have hated each other for centuries to all of a sudden put that hate aside and fight for some other flag. It just doesn't work that way. But Joe Biden believed he could. He says he didn't want to do nation building, but as we mentioned yesterday, his administration was nonstop pushing gender identity, gender equality, LGBTQI, ABC, DGAY, whatever the, the acronym is these days. I don't know. It keeps changing. Pushing all that, trying to in, impose Western 
norms, Western ideals on a country where only 47% of men can read and write. Only 15% of women can read and write. I'm sorry, you're not going to be able to explain to these people the benefits of Greek and, and Roman philosophy and political philosophy and what it means to be a republic. You're not going to be able to convince them when more than one half of the population can't read and write. You can't. You, you, ju you just can't. No, they, they care about how are they going to get fed. They care about their faith. They care about their village. They care about their family. I mean, remember, what's the saying? It's always a God, family, country. That's what you hear in the United States. I care about God. I, I care about my family. I care about country in that order, right? In Afghanistan, it's God, family, village, and there is no country in that saying. There is no country. So we made, we made huge mistakes. And it, it wasn't like, oh, they didn't know better. They knew. They knew. And it's not even conspiratorial to say it's not even conspiratorial to say that they knew and they did it anyway. I mean, yeah, sure. We completely blundered in Afghanistan, but Lockheed is doing great. Boeing is doing great. All the, all the military industrial complex that Eisenhower warned us about, they're doing great. Their stocks have never been higher. They, they got 20 years of military contracts, 20 years of building bombs just so they can be dropped on some sandy hellhole half a world away, that quite frankly, the majority of Americans can't even pronounce the name of the village, even if you put it in English letters. No, they, they did great. They did great. And Joe Biden, for all of his talk, oh, I never wanted to do this, he voted for it. He voted for it in Congress. And when he was president, he kept doing it. The only difference is, as Trump said, he was going to withdraw the military last. Joe Biden took out the military first. Say it again, theme for today's episode the white house literally has no plan to save the american people before we get to that that's coming up i want to play a couple of these old videos because these are probably going to go down as the worst the worst presidential press conferences ever if joe biden had given a press conference yesterday or the day before that probably would have taken the cake but understandably mr dementia not getting in front of the camera now and and, and frankly as much as I, I i rag on him for not doing a press conference I'm terrified for him to give a press conference. Like, it's bad enough. Your policies are bad enough. The entire world is laughing at us. China is now moving their, uh, their Navy in and around Taiwan. Chinese state media are demanding that Americans leave Taiwan so it can be annexed because the Chinese understand that Biden is not going to actually fight. He's going to fold like a cheap suit. As I said yesterday, I expect the Russians to do the same with Ukraine. Why would anyone fear Biden when this fool withdraws the military? before he even gets the unarmed civilians out. But this is a this is an earlier this is an earlier press conference, not lately, it's it's earlier, where Joe Biden now we know quite literally lied about intelligence assessments about Afghanistan. Let's play cut number 6. Mr. President, thank you very much. Your own intelligence community has assessed that the Afghan government will likely collapse. That's not true. Is it, can you please clarify what they have told you about whether that will happen or not? That is not true. They, so, did, not, they didn't, did not reach that conclusion. So what is the level of confidence that they have that it will not collapse? The Afghan government and leadership has to come together. They clearly have the capacity to sustain the government in place.
So that was a lie. That was a lie. We're now hearing from leaks within the intelligence establishment that, no, they were warning Biden that it was all coming crashing down, and he just didn't do anything about it. And then when, when they leaked to the media, and the media asked him a question, he lied then. He lied then. But this is how you know Joe Biden was lying. They asked him, has Afghanistan failed? Is it a failure? And his response back then was that Afghanistan hasn't failed yet. This is not edited. It is not manipulated. He used the word yet, insinuating that he knew it was going to fail, meaning he got those intelligence briefings saying it was going to fail. Here's Joe Biden admitting that Afghanistan might not have failed, but it just hasn't failed yet. Cut number seven. Let's put up. Cut. How serious was the corruption among the Afghanistan government to this mission failing there? Well, first of all, the mission hasn't failed yet. There is... Uh, in Afghanistan, um, in all parties, there's been corruption. The question is, can there be an agreement on unity of purpose? What is the objective? For example, it started off, there were going to be negotiations between the Taliban and the Afghan National Security Forces and the Afghan government. Hasn't failed yet. That is his words not mine, hasn't failed yet. Again, insinuating that he has received those intelligence briefings that the other reporter called him out on, that it was about to collapse. Just hasn't happened yet. So we're going to continue to hide that behind the curtain, sweep the dirt under the rug, pretend you can't find it, and keep pretending it's all rainbows and butterflies and unicorns. And it's Shangri-La. We're just going to pretend it's all happy. Everyone, everything's good. Five days ago, the White House was still saying everything's good. Five days ago, the Pentagon was still saying everything's good. Don't worry, everything's good. Within 24 hours of them saying everything's good, the city had completely collapsed. Entire country had collapsed. So either this is the biggest intelligence failure in American history, worse than 9-11, in terms of intelligence failures. Either it's the biggest intelligence failure, and they should have seen it coming, or they saw it coming, and this ignoramus, this dementia-ridden fool, ignored it. Can't have it both ways. Either the intelligence agencies failed or Joe Biden failed. Uh, as much as we hate the intel agencies, as much as we hate the deep state, all of the evidence suggests that they saw this coming. And all of the evidence suggests that, Mr. that President Applesauce just ignored it. Just ignored it. So here's that clip that I was mentioning earlier. This is Jen Psaki, the circle back girl. Remember, she went on vacation. Then she came back from vacation because I guess she's not allowed to go on vacation when the when, when Afghanistan's crumbling and Americans are stuck in a foreign country with no help. She was asked point blank about a plan to get Americans out. As we said, yesterday we were reporting there was 10,000 Americans stuck in Kabul and surrounding areas of Afghanistan. Now the latest number we have is it's 40,000. 40,000. In one day it's, it's multiplied by four. They don't know. They don't know who's there and who's who, who isn't. They don't know who got on a plane and who didn't. They have no idea because they didn't actually withdraw. They didn't. He pulled out the military and left the civilians to fend for themselves. Here is Jen Psaki, that circle back girl, fresh off vacation, real fresh, so fresh and so clean, talking about, oh, sorry, we can't guarantee that all Americans will be able to be saved. Let's play cut number eight. For any guarantee to the Americans and Afghan allies that if they remain there past the end of the month, 
U.S. troops will help them evacuate past the end of the month. Weijia, our our focus right now is uh, undoing the work at hand and on the task at hand, and that is day by day, getting as many American citizens, as many SIV applicants, as many members of a vulnerable population who are eligible to be evacuated to the airport and out on planes.、Uh, and we're going to do that in an expeditious fashion. That is the focus of the president, of our Secretary of Defense, of our Secretary of, of State,、uh, and everybody on our national security team.、Uh, so that that is where we will keep our efforts. Go ahead. Thank you. There's been some criticism from Democratic lawmakers on Capitol Hill, Mark Warner, Bob Menendez, saying、uh, Menendez saying I'm disappointed that the Biden administration clearly did not accurately. So that is a lie. So she's truthful, but she's also lying. That so the question was very simple: Can you guarantee that you'll get all the Americans out, and can you guarantee that you'll stay there until all the Americans are out? She didn't answer the question. She said we're going to get as many of them out as we can. But if you pay attention to what she said, she said we're going to get as many Americans, SIV applicants, and vulnerable populations out as we can. Trump said it. He's all about America first. America first. Save as many people as possible, but the Americans gotta get saved first. So not only can she, will she refuse to commit and promise to get all the Americans out, the Americans are going to be taken out at the same time as the Afghans, as the Afghan visa applicants and the vulnerable populations. Just so we're clear, vulnerable population in this case includes every single woman in the country, every single gay man and woman in the country, every single Christian in the country. Which, believe it or not, there are some. Every single Jew, there are a couple, couple Jews.、I'm、talking about just no, get the Americans out first. We could talk about all that. Get the Americans out first. This should have been done weeks ago, months ago. The fact that we're even having this conversation about Americans are going to get out at the same time as other as other Afghans, it, it's disgusting. And they won't commit. They won't commit to getting the Americans out. So much for no one left behind. So much for no one. Left behind. Well, they also asked other members of the Biden administration, and they had the same answer: they would not commit to rescuing all Americans. Let's play cut number nine. Is that mission is not complete by August thirty first, and there are Americans and Afghan allies who remain there. Will U.S. troops stay until everyone is out, or will they leave? So I'm not going to comment on hypotheticals. What I'm going to do is stay focused on the task at hand, which is getting as many people out as rapidly as possible, and we will take that day by day. So you can't commit to bring back every American. Do you, do you, do you of... So same reporter, same reporter say, okay, Saki gave me the slip. Let's ask this guy. I believe he's the national security advisor. Let's ask this guy. Maybe he'll answer it. And his response is, "I'm not going to deal in hypotheticals." No, the hypothetical we shouldn't deal in is the hypothetical that there's an American, a single American left behind in this country, that there's a single American woman who now would be subjected to Taliban rule, a single American man beaten and killed in the street because we left him behind. That's the hypothetical that's untenable. No, it's a very simple question: Can you commit to getting every American out? And his answer was, "I'm not dealing with hypotheticals." We're gonna get as many as we can.、We're、gonna get as many as we can. No, the answer is we're gonna get every single living and breathing American out of country, and we won't leave until we do. But time and time again, every time they ask one of these idiots, they refuse to give an answer. They refuse to commit to it. They keep leaving this door open that there's gonna be Americans left behind. I'll tell you, 
you see how crazy it is to get people out of a out of a foreign country. We've seen the pictures of the videos of the helicopters flying in and out. It's a perfect segue to our sponsor, Air Med Care Network, because Air Med Care Network, it doesn't deal with the military side, it deals with the civilian side here in this country to protect you should you ever need to be airlifted for a medical emergency. The sponsor of the show, they've been sponsoring us for months. We love them because it's really common sense stuff. It costs $85 for one year, and that covers not just you, not just your spouse, but your entire household. Should any of you ever need to be airlifted to a hospital for a medical emergency, and it's, it's, it's expensive to do it without this kind of coverage. It costs upwards of 60 grand in some cases. With Airmed Care Network, as I mentioned, $85 for one year, less if you're a senior citizen. It works out to be less per year if you buy three or five years at a time. And as long as you're flown by an AMCM provider and they fly over 100,000 patients a year, you won't pay one cent for that flight. So you're going to want to go to the link in our description. It's airmedcarenetwork.com forward slash daily. And when you use promo code daily, D-A-I-L-Y, you'll get up to $50 back in the form of an e-gift card, depending on how many years you sign up for. Again, that's airmedcarenetwork.com forward slash daily and use promo code daily to get up to $50 back. So they can't commit it. They can't commit to it. Have you guys seen this? This is the email that's going out to the Americans stuck in Afghanistan. Mr. Bruce, put up image number one. Image number one. This is the warning that's going out to Americans in country to America from the U.S. Embassy, who is which is empty, by the way. To American citizens, thank you for registering your request to be evacuated from Afghanistan. The U.S. Embassy in Afghanistan has confirmed that an undefined number of U.S. government-provided flights will begin soon. Please make your way to Hamid Karzai International Airport at this time. Bonus, please be advised that the United States government cannot guarantee your security as you make this trip. Thanks. Come on over. What? Let's break this down. Thank you for registering your request to be evacuated from Afghanistan. What? The, can you imagine a, a, a letter? They didn't have email then. Can you imagine a letter like this going out in Vietnam? Thank you for registering your request to escape the North Vietnamese Army horde currently invading the city. We will get to your request as soon as physically possible. There's an undefined number of flights. Hopefully there's enough for you. Make your way to the airport, but we can't help you. You're going to have to go through the Viet Cong. You have to walk right through those Viet Cong lines. Can you imagine that? Can you? It's, it's unfathomable. Like, what, what the hell is going on? This isn't a customer service line. This is the United States government reaching out to Americans now stuck behind enemy lines. Thank you for registering your request. We'll get to it as soon as we can. Oh, by the way, if you try to get here, you'll, they'll kill you. And we can't tell you how many planes. Can't tell you when the planes stop. Can't guarantee your safety. They're also telling them, if you don't feel safe, hide in place. The Taliban's going door to door, killing people. Just murdering people. Americans, anyone who worked with Americans, going door to door and killing them. So the government, United States government won't help them get to the airport. Won't go to them to protect them. Can't tell them how many flights there will be. Can't tell them when the last flight will be. Can't give them any information. It's just, uh, you're screwed. You know you're screwed. And we'll help you if we can. Thank you for your request. Yeah, that girl says it's treasonous. It, it, yeah, Th this is, there are not words that are family friendly enough. Because remember, this is, a, this is a family show. 
There are not words family friendly enough for me to describe how this makes me feel. Because listen, I I never went to Afghanistan. I lived abroad for three, four months. I lived in Beirut, Beirut, Lebanon. I lived in Beirut, Lebanon during the Arab Spring. So I understood it was entirely possible that I might need to get evacuated. I mean, I, I was going to go to Syria on a trip, and then the Syrian civil war stopped that from happening, right? So I, I completely understood that that was possible. And I had all contingencies in place. I had my bag packed. I had to leave most of my stuff behind and just run. I had to go bag packed because you never know. And under Obama, because I was there under Obama, I never worried that I would be left behind. I, I worried that I might not be able to get to the embassy. I worried that uh, that I might get, get killed, I guess, if there was some kind of popular uprising or, or something like that. Those are all real worries. But at the end of the day, I never worried that I would get there and they close the door on me. I never, I never had that worry. I cannot believe what I'm seeing here. The papa said, what the hell, Mac? Why would you go to that hellhole? I went there to learn Arabic. Uh, not a lot of people know this. I took four years of Arabic in college and went to Lebanon to study Arabic. It was the safest place to study Arabic during the, the Arab Spring. Only place without a real uprising. The government had collapsed. That was kind of weird. But uh, there was no uprising. <clears throat> so I went there to learn Arabic. Um, glad I did. Don't Can't really speak it as much. Can still read it. But uh, yeah, I never feared that I wouldn't be evacuated. I never, I never worried because in the back of your mind, there's always a, well, so there's always this thing, I'm an American, I'm an American. When you're overseas, an American doesn't give you any special rights or privileges. In fact, when you're in that area and being an American actually makes you, it makes it more dangerous. Like you're a better hostage. So like when you fly to Jerusalem, they won't stamp your passport. You can request it, but they actually recommend that you just stamp a little piece of paper in your passport. Because should you ever be abducted, they don't want it. They don't want the the Arabs to see that you had been to Jerusalem, that you've been to Israel. They don't want you, them to see that on their passport. So that, they say, don't wear American flags, don't do any of that. It could actually get you killed. But again, that was never worried that I wouldn't be able to that that the American government would leave me behind. Obviously, there's no guarantees in anything, but I never worried that they would actually leave and deliberately not let me get on the last plane or the last boat or whatever. So we showed you that. <clears throat> we showed you that email. Come to the airport right now. This is what it looks at the airport. Let's play cut number 10. Cut 10. One zero. The airport? That is literally one of the pedestrian gates into the airport. You're not getting in there. You're not. You're not getting through there. They're not letting anyone in. So what do you do if you're an American in Afghanistan? I don't know. I don't know what to do. I, 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 I do not know what the recommendation is. But I will tell you what the Americans, what the American military just did. They are now working with the Taliban to d disperse the crowd around the airport. So all those people gathering, trying to get through. Americans among them, 
most of them Afghans, but some Americans, the U.S. government has now requested that the Taliban clear those people out. And that's exactly what's happening. Let's put up cut number 11. Literally beating them with sticks to get them out from around the airport. And they're also shooting guns in the air at their feet. So on the one hand, come to the airport. Come to the airport. We'll keep you safe. We can't protect you on the way, but come to the airport. People gather around the airport, and the U.S. military works with the Taliban. That's the latest reports. Works with the Taliban to clear those people out. So the Taliban just go around beating people with sticks and worse. This is... This makes, this makes Saigon look like victory. I mean, as, as terrible as the fall of Vietnam was, the fact that they were able to get everyone out, this makes it look like victory. And we, we, we've covered it. Those pictures of the helicopter landing on the building and then the helicopter landing on the aircraft carriers there was actually an operation. This was called an operation. If we go ahead and put up my screen, Mr. Producer. It's from Wikipedia. It was called Operation Frequent Wind. Operation Frequent Wind. They actually planned for it. They had a name for the operation to get all of the Americans out. Operation Frequent Wind. And as you can see right here on the right, they had so many helicopters already lined up ready to go that they didn't have time to refuel them. They didn't have time to get them to the elevator and below deck on the aircraft carriers. They were clogging up the system. That's how well run this was, that they had so many helicopters going in and out, in and out, in and out over a two day period, 29th to the 30th, they evacuated 7,000 Americans. Two were killed in action, two were missing at sea. It was, it, they had a name. They had an operation. They planned for it. They knew it was going to happen. And yes, it got to the point where there were so many helicopters trying to land, they couldn't hand it, handle it all. So once everyone got off the, the helicopter, they pushed it into the ocean so that more could land. With Joe Biden, we can take this down. With Joe Biden, we don't have Operation Frequent Wind. Put up image number one again. With Joe Biden, we have this. Image one, the U.S. Embassy in Afghanistan has confirmed that an undefined number of U.S. government-provided flights will begin soon. There's no Operation Frequent Wind. They're, try they're making this up as they go along. And remember, remember, folks, Joe Biden's proud of the way this is happening. And if he could do it again, he'd do it the same way. Again, this is a family show, family-friendly show. Somebody called a kid's show. We're not, but it's funny to call it that. There is not a family-friendly word to describe my feelings in all of this. There isn't. There just isn't. So I, I guess we'll, we'll, we'll end this first hour with this. Oh, no, before we get to that, um, Mr. Booster, we're going to play cut number 12B. This is what's also going on around the airport after the U.S. government requested that the Taliban break up the crowds. 
The Taliban are now beating journalists in the street, beating Americans in the street. Let's play this. This is cut 12B, ta Taliban beating the journalists. Let's play that cut. <laughs> so after 9-11, we went into Afghanistan to defeat Al-Qaeda, to defeat the Taliban, and to ensure that Afghanistan could not become a harbor for future terrorism. That's out the window. I mean, you look, you look at what they're doing to people in the street, that's out the window. It was never our primary mission, but it was an added benefit that when we went in, beyond the Biden stuff of, oh, we're going to make sure you all love transgender people, beyond that craziness, instilling just a basic ideal that women should be allowed to learn and to read and write that a woman a young girl age 13 shouldn't be beheaded because she picked up a book basic concepts like that that was an added benefit that hey you know what we're going in how about we stop them from treating women as if they're beneath farm animals they're beneath livestock let's do that let's teach this community yeah, you shouldn't murder a young girl because she learned the alphabet. When you see that video, it's heartbreaking because obviously you feel for the people being beaten in the streets. But you realize that this vacuum is going to give way to possibly the worst part of humanity ever, which is this radical, radical fundamentalist Islam, violent fundamentalist Islam that is just going to kill people for nothing. This is beyond Hammurabi's code. We're not even talking eye for an eye anymore. This isn't eye for an eye. This is, we're going to murder you because you took a picture of us. We're going to murder you because you took a video. Or because you're reporting and we don't like your reporting. Or because you went to school. Or because you helped other people go to school. It's depressing. But, again, Joe Biden... He has no regrets. And if he could do it again, he would do it the exact same way. We're going to take a real quick break. And when we come back, we're going to play some more clips, including one that's five minutes long. And we don't like to play clips that long, but I want to play this in its, in its entirety because this State Department, I believe it's State Department, State Department or Pentagon spokesperson avoided a basic question for five minutes long. Complete mental linguistic gymnastics. It's it's truly stunning to watch. I want you to watch it. So we'll play that on the other side of the break. Don't go anywhere, we'll be right back. Ronald Reagan famously said that our freedoms are never more than a generation away from extinction. Conservative Daily exists to make sure that never happens. With our community of 700,000 members, we fight every day to hold Congress's feet to the fire and stop them from surrendering our rights and freedoms. The fight to take this country back is not over. Please join our movement right now by going to conservative-daily.com and clicking the subscribe button to sign up for our free 
call to action newsletters. We have a chance to save this country, but only if we all work together. Again, this is conservative-daily.com, and don't forget to hit the subscribe button at the top.